arrow. This arrow says number one on it. I don't feel like it's been number one lately though. This is number four. So John's shooting an arrow that's been through an elk already and I'm shooting an arrow that I just barely got. to the right. Low. Were you low? You can like see it. where I was. I felt like I was to the right though. Three inches to the right. John was a hair low. Also three inches to the right. So I think uh, the lessons we take away from this is we have some practicing to do. 76 yards, three inches to the right though, you know, I'll, I'll accept it, but I won't take it. Welcome, welcome to the CutterCast Vlogcast. My name is Seth Larson, and on today's episode, I sit down with Canvas Cutters John Tanner to hear of an incredible experience he had a couple years ago when he drew a once-in-a-lifetime tag here in the state of Utah, a bison hunter's choice archery tag. Now his hunt was full of highs and it was full of a couple lows and it ultimately ends in success. It's a fun story. I think you're going to enjoy it. Now before we get into the interview, if you would please hit the subscribe button, follow us, make sure to leave a comment and a review. It would help us out a lot. But without further ado, here is John's Tatanka hunt. Are you ready? I think so. Super exciting. I always hate the start. Yeah. Once you get going, it's just going. All right, welcome folks. We're sitting here today with the one and only John Benjamin. Tanner. Correct. I, not an alias. Not an alias. It's a real real name. I uh, was talking to Brian Call the other day, <laughs> and I said, Brian Jefferson Call. And he started laughing. And I was like, wait, what's your real middle name? And it's Joseph. I was so oh, close. Really? Yeah, I almost, I almost guessed it. I have this thing with middle names, but... Okay, uh, John B. Tanner's here, uh, co-owner and canvas cutter, also going to be a co-host in several of these, hopefully moving forward. Got to do some fly fishing ones coming up. Yeah. Even though um, we made a possible, we're trying to be good dads, and so we made a decision to coach our daughter's club mm -hmm. soccer team, which... <laughs> has bit us in the ass. Let's be honest. Has, has kind of it's been, not as bad as it's not as bad just as we a lot thought. Of time. It's just really terrible. Yeah, um, <laughs> little time consuming. Little time consuming. But on top of that, and the hunts are coming up. But we have to get get a few uh, fishing podcasts in, and John's going to help me with those because he's more of a fisherman than than I. I love I fishing. I love fishing. I just haven't done a lot of it. I got some fly rods back on the shelf. I have been casting in my backyard, and I think my cast is uh, getting pretty Improved. good. It's just different when you have like a one-pound 
Draw, yeah. draw fly on there. Swinging past your face. <laughs> Razor sharp hooks. Yeah. But we're here today to talk about an opportunity that John had two years ago. Yep. John drew an archery American buffalo, a.k.a. the bison tag. And it was a super awesome hunt. Found success. So we're going to talk about that. But first, you and I are fairly new to archery. Like, we've been shooting... Like, what was that? Was it? I know my 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 elk hunt was in 2015, and it was like the year, the summer after that that I got into it. So I in after my elk hunt, I'd been talking to uh, my father and the guy um, Adam Bronson that was helping us with my elk hunt. He actually had the archery tag. And I was thinking, man, that's kind of cool. And then I realized if you archery hunt, you get a whole month worth of hunting. And at the time I was going to school, I was teaching. And so on the rifle hunt, I really only got three days, like opening weekend, three days. That's pretty much all I, I could do. And so the thought of having a month's worth of time, and being able to have multiple weekends that I could hunt was appealing to me. So I talked to Adam, and he said that, oh, I've got an old bow. It's It was a Bowtech Destroyer mm, 340. Sweet bow, actually. Like, I kind of wish I still had it, but... Yeah. yeah. I like my Matthews better, but it was, uh, it was a good bow. I should have kept bow. it longer. Yeah, I had the same one I bought from Jeff, so yeah, I think it was maybe a year older. Or well, was it came, the same? No, it was the yeah, exact same, same boat. Year, it was the huh? same year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and just a few months after I bought that one, why were you, you were getting it? Because it was just like we need to start archery hunting, right? Yeah, same thing. Have a month to hunt, but also we looked at you can get tags easier. Less yeah. people are tree hunt, so. Yeah your opportunity to get a tag goes up quite a bit. So Yeah. So and, we got bows. Yeah. And it looked awesome. I think we'd both been watching a lot of like YouTube archery hunts mm-hmm. and Yeah. So, yeah, and and uh Brian Call again, his his podcast and talking about archery a lot yeah. really made me curious and started looking into it more and then realizing we could hunt for a month and stuff i was like well maybe i should look into that and we haven't looked back since have not haven't looked for arrows but not looked looked back (laughs) haven't improved much since but we sure haven't looked back but uh that's led us to to go on a few archery hunts i have only shot as mentioned before i've only shot a coyote with mine i hit a bull on my first ever archery hunt over the counter bull tag just happened to uh make a poor shot wasn't he at like <clears throat> he was at five, five yards. yards he was at yeah. five yards the the problem was is he was also behind shrubbery and he was coming around it and he did one of those eye looking things where they look at you like with the mm-hmm. big eye and so i shot through the shrubbery and was an inch away from being just a smoke show but it just barely hit that knuckle and he brought that back and it hit that and he ran away and I saw the arrow sticking out and I was, I thought it was sticking out the opposite side, but I forgot when he whirled around. So I was like, yes. 
And then I took off running just to see him drop. And he was standing like 70 yards away. And he literally pulled the, the arrow was out and he was like licking his leg. And I was like, dad, get me a range, get me a range, get me a range. And he's <laughs> trying to film on his phone. And, Didn't uh, have a range finder app. Yeah. And he was filming this way and then he turned it sideways. So that, but by the time he got a range, I was like, oh, I'll get up above him and then shoot down. It didn't seem like he was going anywhere. So I ran like 40 yards up the hill to shoot down at him to get a broadside and he was gone. Followed the blood. He went up the hill. By the time we got into the quakies, he was going up the ridge, stopped and bugled back at us. He was on our trail camera the next year. You could see where I hit him. There's a little mark, and that shoulder was a little dwarfed, but which makes you feel a little bad. But yeah, I was depressed for not a, not a few all of weeks. us can be Schaefer and go out the first smoke time. Show smoke the first out. time. Oh my gosh, that guy. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. We'll see if it's beginner's luck or not. But yeah, my first one was that deer that it was like thirty yards, and I hit a branch. And I think it just angled back. We tracked it for yeah, for a ways. two hours yeah. into private. So yeah, depressing, but learning opportunity. Yeah, for sure. What? Uh, so you had gone with us when I and my dad had our buffalo tags. And yeah, that that's a whole other podcast that we'll yeah. have to get you and my dad in on. But yeah, that was awesome. So that's I was putting in for the bull moose tag i think i'd only put in a couple years maybe three and then i went on that hunt and that same year i actually went on jeff's hunt he had the late hunt mm-hmm. so after that i was like i'm definitely putting in for this yeah it, it was awesome <laughs> it was pretty awesome for sure yeah and then time passed yeah you were putting in for the rifle were you putting in for the cow hunt or for the bull because I know Matt still. I think is they only did putting in for the bull. Because you're that year, I think for like two years they were trying to thin the herd, so they were giving away a lot of cow tags. So I think originally, yes, I was putting in for cow, and then I started doing hunter's choice mm-hmm. as the tags got harder to get. And then your dad's neighbor drew oh, that's the right. first year they did the archery bison hunt, and I talked to him. And I think he had less points than me, maybe. Yeah. Or about the same. So I talked with him, and then I started. I put in for that and drew it the second year they did it, which was two years ago. Yeah, and ago. they had, like, a lot of positive uh, things to say about yeah. the archery hunt. Yeah. So you put in for it. You pop a tag. Everybody's like, what? Yeah, spice an archery tag. You get to get go back to your ancestral roots, mm-hmm. you know. With a with a bow. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's super awesome. Now, you got out there a, a couple days before. I think I got out there the day before you guys with your dad. Right. So. And then Matt and I, your younger brother, and I drove out. I got off work to come out you guys got in like late that night super late yeah because it opening was the next day yep opening was the next day okay yeah so we had me and your dad drove in we had found i mean there were some other people obviously up there i think total there was seven tags that Mm -hmm. year archery tags 
So we had found, I think, two groups up on, they stay really high that early. So we'd found the two groups and kind of made a plan to go after one the next day. Jeff was coming in. I think Jeff got there only like an hour after we did probably. So we found a spot to camp that was close and then kind of made a plan for that next morning. But mostly just to get out and see where they had moved and where they were going to pop up. So... I remember that opening morning, um, pretty much right off the bat, we found a bull over here kind of by himself, Mm -hmm. and then we found the group over here, and we were debating. Yeah, the bull was in a spot that was pretty killable. He was just hanging out, but... And he was by himself, which also was a plus, because that makes it a little easier to to Yeah, yeah. And but we had seen that other group had a pretty big bull with it. Um, I think we nicknamed him Pretty Boy. Right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, and it was really hard to judge because there was the a bulls few in it. Yeah, if they were by themselves. Yeah, if they were in a group, he could be like when they passed one another. Oh yeah, that one's bigger because they're all kind of big. Yeah, and yeah, the lone bull. He was a good bull, but the other one we decided to go after was definitely a bigger bull. So yeah. it was just, the hard thing is, it was still herded up. Well, I thought, too, we went to go up there, and then a group of guys came when we were making that decision, and they said, oh, we already have a hunter going after that one. So yeah. we are like, oh, all right, maybe not. Yeah, and we were going to cut back and go to that lone bull, but then we talked to them, and it was kind of on, I think it was like right on the border of private. Yeah, there's this really weird section of private on the Henrys. Yeah. <laughs> that's like up on the mountain. There's like a couple little cabins tucked away that you can't even see. Yeah. But nothing's posted, so we drove down the road and dropped in and started glassing them. And I actually ended up calling, I think, the it wasn't the biologist, but it was the DWR agent that was mm-hmm. over that area. And he said, as long as it's not posted state law says you can go in and we didn't see any posting anywhere so no yeah and they were on the border of that they weren't yeah. even on it if i recall i think they might have been they some were. of them on the tail end but we had to cross through it oh yeah that's right to Just, get over yeah to so you i and jeff drive over there matt and my dad are down glassing up and we drive over and get on a ridge across from them and are yeah. glassing them, right? They yeah. all kind of feed up on this open ridge and then start to bed down. And what wasn't it when they were bedding down that you guys decided you were going to go over there? Yeah, and we were kind of debating, and that's when I called because obviously we don't want to go on private. We don't want to do anything illegal. Um, so I called, and he said, yeah, like, you're good to go if you don't see any posting, and there was none. So me and Jeff, there was a little canyon we cut across through the pines to get up on top above them. So that took, we did that, took probably what, like 45 minutes to yeah. get over there. Yep. yep, I'm sitting back, got the phone scopes out, and you guys get over there and start creeping over this hill. And it's such a, uh optical illusion when you're looking through glass because you guys looked 
like you were right on top of them. Yeah. But you, I think you were barely starting to see some of their backs. Yeah. And I was, was like, you've got to be like so close. Yeah. We were communicating with you to try to figure out where that bull was that we wanted to stock in on. And there was a bull and I think a couple cows closer to us mm-hmm. and the bull close to me. And when you get close to them, they all look big. Yeah. But so we were trying to communicate with you and there was actually another kid up there that they were just videoing, but they had backed out. That's right. Yeah. I don't think he, he actually didn't see the bull we were going after cause it was a big bull and he had a tag. He had they a were tag videoing as well. And trying to compare some bulls. Yeah. So they had backed out and when they were backing out, we we were coming in. I don't even think we saw each other, but <clears throat> so we came in and I think where you saw us, it was, we were still close to like 90 to a hundred yards away from them, which is crazy. Cause you looked like you right on like, top. Yeah. 20 yeah. And them. the ones that were closer to us were probably like 70 ish. So we creeped around as slow as we could. And we're kind of popping up to see where that bull was. And we finally, Saw where he was, popped up. I ranged a few times, and my bow at the time, I was shooting that Garmin, and I think I was only good to like 74 yards, 75 yards before I topped out. So, And that bull, I think, was right at like... The border of that? Yeah, about 80. So we snuck in a little closer. That's right. And the wind was just howling. howling. <laughs> yeah, so, it was and really good. Being relatively new to archery, I hadn't really ever held for wind. So Jeff was kind of calling out the wind and calling out the yardage, and I was still probably four yards outside my range. So when I stood up and drew back, Jeff told me the range, so I kind of hurry and stepped up. Yeah. And a cow and that other bull saw you, and they started moving off, moving away. Yeah. Pretty quickly. The other bull that you were going after was still kind of yeah, hasn't so, figured out. Yeah, they on. didn't figure it out. The other ones kind of started to move down, and they kind of started to bunch up, but that bull was still there. And Jeff called out wind, and I had never held for wind and shot and just missed opportunity. So they take of blew off. that one. It is so crazy because they're such a big animal, and they're so... They seem so lopsided in their weight. Like everything's up forward. Yeah, and then they have these teeny like back ends. And they take off down the canyon and come below me. And it's a dust storm. And it seems like a few of them split off actually. And they all go low. Yeah. Low towards towards the desert. But they, they aren't going that far out. But they swing out. Kind of blown opportunity. You guys come back. And we head back and, and regroup. Yeah. And, and I don't think we... So we went to check on that oh, yeah, yeah, other yeah. bull because we'd been watching it. And there was a girl with a tag. That's right. Who drew it with two points. So, <laughs> But she snuck in and we kind of watched them, I think, actually before I had headed we up. We did, yeah. We after, watched them from there. And she ended up getting a shot on it but hit it low. And I think... S- Actually, your dad and Matt were yeah. They ran eventually into it over on that the road. way, ran into it, and they said it looked like a good solid, shot, but low yeah, all the way through. Yeah, solid, and uh, I think they ended up tracking that thing for a long, long ways. Yeah, all night. They're 
her dad actually ended up rolling uh, yeah, side, by side by side and have to get life got, got life flighted out, out. I think that night. Yeah. So that was a crazy hunt for them. I think they had to leave and come back, but yeah, she ended up getting one. So. And then we went down to check a different area. I, I remember that and talked to the other guys who also had a tag to see yeah what they were going after and what they had seen. And did I think did anything happen that evening? No, I think we just glassed. We went up to that tower road, I believe, oh, and glassed. Yep, yep, so we did. could glass both ways. There was another group, but I think there was like four guys that were watching those and one went tried to go full send running <laughs> in tennis shoes at one at full draw. <laughs> Yeah, the yeah. kid that was up there, Chase, showed us the video. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> pretty sweet. Stealthy hunter. Stealthy hunter. <laughs> just full sprint at full draw. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we had pretty much met everybody who had a tag also at that point. Yeah, for the most part. There wasn't a lot up there. I think there was one dude that was hunting low that I didn't meet till probably like four days in. Um, and he was by himself just trying to hunt that low stuff because a lot of those big bulls hang out yeah, they will in that low desert low. so but yeah we met pretty much everyone else and i think most people ended up getting one yeah that guy from payson had a good setup too that i would have never thought about but he had two deep freezes yeah. on a trailer with, with a generator, a generator yeah. and he just would get them to where they were frozen and he's like, then they keep for quite a while. And then when I throw in the buffalo, I'll just freeze it right there in camp and drive home. Yeah, like, and I think he ended up getting a cow like the third day. Did yeah. he get it while you guys were there? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He got it I think that night or that evening or something. Yeah, the story was he snuck in. and He thought and, it was a bull, actually. Yeah, she shot the wrong one. But yeah. to get a buffalo is pretty awesome, I don't, especially yeah. with the bow. Heck yeah. Nothing to be mad about. No, no. So uh, we get a incredible night's rest in our Canvas Cutter yeah. Dominator 2.0s. And we actually took up a big wall tent, and everyone set up their canvas cutters, and was like, no, we're not setting up <laughs> not a wall setting tent. Up the wall tent. And it was pretty good weather, so it was actually kind of hot. It was. It was. So we wake up the next day. We head out, end up finding a large group of bison way up high on the peak yeah so there's that i was looking at the maps earlier actually and so there's that bull creek pass that comes from the other side of the mountain and there's the trail that cuts off to mount ellen so you have to go around the back side and i think hike through so we cut across the front and set mm-hmm. and glassed for a little while and picked out it was a named him brutus he's a good bull brutus also heard it up so we had there was like three or four bulls in the group and i remember we kept being like oh like there's like pretty boy he's a he's a big bull let's go after and then oh no that bull's really big and then anytime brutus came by him you'd just be like oh well, okay, never mind. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, so that group we chased the first day, we think they kind of met up with these other ones, and they were all together. There's quite a mm-hmm. bit, probably 
I don't know, Dude. 40 buffalo. Oh, yeah, at least, yeah. Because there were like four bulls and then a ton of cows. Yeah. And there was a few smaller bulls even in there. But, yeah, Brutus was the biggest one for sure. And uh, they didn't seem like they were going anywhere. So we decided we need to get closer. So, again, I think my dad and Matt went back down low where they could glass up to them. Yeah, I think they just stayed on that that Bull Creek Pass road. Oh, There's yeah, a little turnout, right. so right. they, they just did. stayed and kind of had eyes on them from there as we hiked in. That's right. We hiked in about halfway, set up shop for a minute, and glassed. And they actually started acting like they were going to feed kind of towards us. So I think we devised the game plan that you and Jeff were going to hike in. There was... It was fairly flat, if I remember, but there was one solid ravine that started down below us and went up fairly close to them. And you guys were going to get in that ravine and get up to their angle, and my job was to tell you when you're at the right height Yeah, much. Yeah, so the thought was the wind was good, so it was blowing to us, and we were going to get in that ravine because they were above that, so they couldn't see us. So we got in that ravine and snuck way up, made sure our wind was good and you were telling us you know where they were if they were moving and we got up there and set actually higher but they'd kind of started moving down but they were also bedding so Mm -hmm. we slowly snuck back down that ravine kind of crab crawled with everything and set on them for a long time yeah Almost the whole day. Yeah. Like it, was it was like a six and a half hour stock before, by so the time I got a shot. But You guys had, had snuck back on the ravine and they just kept feeding closer and closer to you. And it's funny the way the herd works because like Brutus bed down and a few cows bed down, but other cows and smaller bulls kept feeding towards you guys and then they'd start bedding down and then the ones that were bedded would get up and feed past them and they just kept getting closer and closer to where eventually you guys had a cow that looked like she was yeah like you could toss a, a like rock and, and hit her she wasn't she like 19 yards or was she more like 30 she was about no she was like Sub 30 for sure. Because I had a range finder, and what I was doing to tell you guys how far away they were from you is I'd range you, and then I'd range the buffalo, and then I would subtract the two yeah. to get a distance. And every time, once you guys started seeing them and Jeff could range them, I was fairly accurate. Like, I wasn't off by too much. But they started feeding, and you guys had, there was a smaller bowl, like, bedded above you. <laughs> and then, like, five cows around it and then that cow that was Mm -hmm. super close a cow that's super close they all start bedding near that ravine but none of them had dropped into it no and brutus is just he finally gets up and he's working his way over there and i think he beds down yeah he bedded down so we waited forever just really just sitting there watching because we could see kind of the tops of them but we were trying to stay low enough so that cow couldn't see us. And eventually he stood up, and so I stood up, and that cow was still watching, but 
Well, she kept well, multiple she, times. She kept looking like directly at where you guys were, and I'd be like, "I think she knows what's going on." And Jeff was thinking that she could hear us when we were talking, but yeah, possibly. So I think she had turned her head though. So when I stood up, she didn't see me. I stood up. Jeff said I stood up first the first time too fast, which I probably did. I was super pumped. So he stood up. I stood up, came to full draw, but there was this little calf. Yeah. And it just kept, it was kind of bugging it the whole time. He was like trying to push it away. And I probably waited too long to even stand up because the bull stood up and I was like looking back, checking. Yeah, I remember I was like, Brutus is up, Brutus is up. And before I could even get the phone scope recording, like you were up at full draw. Yeah. I was like, whoa. Whoa. Yeah. And so I had him and that he kind of made like a turn so i was still on him but then that little calf came up put its head right in its vitals and so i was waiting 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 and then he bed back down yeah the calf bed right in front of him so i slowly sat back down but by that time the cow was watching me and i slowly just sat back down and kind of laid back mm-hmm. out of sight and we were watching her and she she never really moved so she turned her head again we waited another felt like forever forever but it was yeah. probably a good 30 40 minutes oh yeah yeah because i was ex- i was like gaze up i thought it was gonna happen that calf messed it up and then i thought crud they're gonna get busted because that cow had like was staring at you yeah and then when you laid back down just flat against the hill she kind of was just like, oh, never mind, and went back to, to chilling. Yeah. But so, then we waited, yeah, a while. Yeah, it had to have been at least 40 minutes. So eventually he stood back up. This time I stood up slower and went full draw. He was at 64 yards, I believe. Which, <laughs> looking through the phone scope, I was like, whoa, like, it looked like 80 yards or more. Like you looked really far away. So even that cow looked way close to you, but Brutus and the group of cows that were bedded around him looked like 80, 90 yards. I was like, whoa, yeah. John's really, you know. Just going to send one. Just ripping him out. Yeah, no, he was like 63, 64 yards. So <clears throat> perfect. The calf had left him alone. He stood up. I had his vitals, pulled back, anchored. Felt like I made a solid shot. Saw my arrow fly, and me and Jeff saw it go in about two inches. Dude, I I was 600 yards away from you guys. Barely get the phone scope on right when you shoot. I heard the whack. I heard it hit. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. When I released, I thought, like, he's dead. This is going through his lungs. It was a solid rip. Yeah, And he did, from my perspective, I'm sitting back there looking at a phone through a a spotting scope. And he did the, he like hunched his back a little bit. And then he dropped a deuce and peed. And I was like, okay, like we got him. Yeah. Nope. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Yeah. So we saw that arrow go in and I looked back at Jeff and he said, jack another one in. 
All so the they, cows had, sta- they had stood, stood up. up and they kind of moved down, but not super fast. I don't think they knew what was going on. Yeah, they just started moving down and the cows by him stood up and they're all kind of gathering around him, but haven't completely surrounded him yet. And so again, I was like, oh, I th- think we got him because they'll do that when one's yeah. injured. Like yeah. they did that with mine and my dad's. They did it with they did it Jeff's. Jeff's they thing, like completely fully surrounded, surrounded his. I think he got the lead cow or the herd cow so so you hit him jack another one in you draw back again draw back again i think at that point he was about almost to my max about 74 yards i'd moved up a little though and i let that one go and it was a different type of broadhead because obviously i wasn't confident in the one i just shot because it got no penetration no penetration no and we can't figure out if you for those listening or watching if you take a buffalo and you draw a dot on where you want to hit it, that's where you hit him. Yeah. Like, it was the most prime spot. That's where you want to hit him. And zero penetration. Like, yeah. max inches. Yeah, and I, I mean, I had a heavier arrow. I was shooting those FMJs. And with the broadhead, we thought was going to do the job, but it didn't. So I had another broadhead, and I shot it. It was an expandable, and little did I know in those tight spot quivers, they kind of push up a little more than most, so it had slightly cut the rubber band. And I shot that, and it basically went 20 yards and veered off and hit rocks. And I and yelled. then they all start moving out, yep. and they're they're just walking at this point, but they're walking away around and then down and off. And the next time I see him, they're like a half mile away trotting, no arrow in him, and they're all just trotting away. Yeah, so we went over, and they kind of started running down, but, yeah. I didn't no. know I didn't know that it hadn't gone in. I thought, dead buffalo, like, fall over. Yeah. He's going over the hill, and I'm just like, fall over, fall yeah. over. Definitely didn't fall over. <laughs> and... You guys weren't seeming, you guys weren't acting very optimistic, and I was like, why aren't they, like, stoked? Yeah, we were dropping some language <laughs> after that long of stock, sitting in the sun and at altitude. I think we're at, like, 10,700 feet or yeah, something. really so. close to 11,000. Yeah. Baking all day in the sun, completely out in the open. There's, like, no trees on this hillside. No. It's just rocks and grass. Yep, a few bushes. And you guys go to check for blood. No blood. There's, there's like I think we a found a couple drops. Yeah, and that was further down the hill. So we watched them run. So there's another on this side of the mountain. There's actually some private that I think like a hunting operation owns. Oh, yeah, that's right. So that's like a no go at all because it's posted. I mean, on Onyx maps, it's in red. So we watched him run down to this road and start going, and we picked out the one that we picked out Brutus and saw, and at that point the arrow was pretty much dangling, touching the ground. So I'm sure it fell out around the corner, but tracked him down, found a tiny bit of blood. I mean, he didn't act hurt at all, didn't no. act bugged oh, at all. not like, at all. Wasn't even affected by it, so... And uh, then we kind of went into full depression mode. Yeah, so we grouped back together, hiked off. I think we hiked down, and Cheryl picked us up on that road road. where he could, yeah. 
and went back to camp and trying to figure out why you got zero penetration. Yeah. Trying to figure out like, how could you hit a Buffalo exactly where you need to and get two inches of penetration? Yeah. And I don't know if I hit a rib, obviously they're big animals. Um, but I don't know. We determined maybe that it started to expand as soon as it hit some of their long hair. Yeah, and the way that broadhead, it had three blades that expand back. Yeah. And we just figured it may have grabbed more hair and hit a rib and just didn't get the penetration. Yeah, and the thing that pissed me off, I was laying in my bedroll like probably four in the morning awake, obviously. I'm excited and can't sleep and kind of depressed from the blown opportunity the day before but i thought like i need to talk to seth and get those broadheads he's using because you had all of them yep because you'd hunted elk on the way down i think mm-hmm. and i just should have went with my gut yep should have switched them out because i i mean those are the ones i ended up killing with so yeah i had i think it would have been i had a bunch of those 1.5 severs yeah and i i knew they would get better penetration and they fly like darts. Yeah. It's just like... And I'd shot them. That's what I hunted, like, deer with, so... But it's, like, it's hard It's hard to know, especially when you're hunting an animal as big as a bison. It's, like, fixed blade, try one of these, like, what, what to go with and what's going to shoot the best and what's going to give you the best penetration, but... Yeah, and you never know. I mean, I think a lot of it's where you hit them. So, cause I talked to people about that broadhead. I'd seen pictures of yeah. it st- like stuck in a warthog skull, which is apparently super hard. So yeah. And we, we, we know people who have killed a ton of animals with that broadhead too. And big ones in Africa. So it's just like, well, yeah. And I, a guy had killed one, I think the previous year, yeah, a, buffalo a buffalo with him. So, but wasn't my bull didn't so work we were out. up so we were all kind of depressed and upset i think i think jeff even called the bow shop riley to be like hey what's john set up like why why yeah. on earth did we get zero penetration and the conclusion was um there's no reason why you shouldn't have your arrow weight was like really high and good for it your draw length the amount of pounds you were shooting everything should yeah. have it should worked it just for some reason didn't and Brutus ran out of our lives that day. Didn't work out. So And that evening we glassed again, tried to find more buffalo. I think we found some cows. I don't know if we found another bull that evening or not. No, I think think so obviously that herd we'd missed the opportunity ran off. Um this one moved down and those were like the two main ones we were seeing. There was a few here and there but all those other hunters were up there too because we were all kind of all the buffalo that we were finding were kind of in the same in the same location so they'd kind of all been pushed and moved around so yeah it was tough i mean that stock and that opportunity is still one of the coolest experiences i've experienced hunting so awesome it was so awesome yeah that close to a herd like that that you're at almost eleven thousand feet hunting a bison yeah super awesome and then it came it worked out perfect until the arrow didn't didn't 
sink in. Yeah. So I was also upset because I, I was still teaching at the time. I was a few weeks away from, from, um, being done teaching. So I had to get back and Matt had to get back. We both had work the next day. Yeah. And so we were driving home that night and it was almost the most perfect thing because we would have got it on film stud, stud Buffalo stud bull and Matt and I leave. So from here on out, the responsibility of this story is in your hands. Yeah. Yep. So Jeff and Cheryl still, we're still out there, which I was super grateful for. Obviously, we know Jeff's a killer. He's hunted his whole life and killed a lot of big things. And So I think that next day we didn't see anything. So that was super depressing. We glassed all day, checked different spots. And then the next day, me and Jeff drove over to where you guys killed your buffalo just to see if anything was over there and jeff ended up needing gas so we turned and went down into town and as soon as we got on the road to get into town your dad called and was like hey where are you guys i've got some cows and there's a bull with them for like crap because we debated on like jeff dropping me off and your dad coming to get me which Mm -hmm. if he did i don't know if he would have saw those buffalo but so we got gas a little bit of food and busted back up and those were like right off camp pretty much where he saw them. So we hiked up and around. We saw their tracks, saw some sign, but never caught up to them that day. So, And then I think the next day was super windy. And we, I think we had glassed some from that tower road mm-hmm. down in an area. So me and Jeff dropped down. And we had seen, I think, just the tail end of a little herd that was feeding off to our left down a draw. And I was out in front of Jeff, and I couldn't really hear him, but he kept telling me to slow down. I was a little too excited. So I was walking in front of him, and I walked past a little opening and didn't even see there. I guess there was a bull right there that was watching us. So walked past them, and they ran around. We kind of watched them. But they fed off into the cedars, and there's no way we no. would have caught up to them, especially after I bumped into them. So another learning experience, which I had a few of. So so this has been three days after I left? I think that was day four when I Were you that. there that much longer after I left? Yeah, so I killed. I remember texting you every day being like, what's going on? What are you seeing? I killed day four. It would have been six days for me because I was there a day early, but I think it was the fifth day of the hunt. hunt. So, yeah. So, anyway, blew that one, went back. I think we were all pissed. I had, my wife had just had a baby in July. So, like, I kind of had a lot of pressure to get back. Um, Obviously, with work, too, and then I felt bad. You know, I'd blown a couple opportunities and keeping your dad and Jeff out there. Obviously they're busy. Although I think your dad would have lived out there forever. Yeah. yeah, He's fine with that. So I think the next day me and your dad kind of went together and Jeff went up on that tower road and me and your dad hiked around where we'd seen those ones. And then Jeff got on and he was about two miles away with his big eyes and saw just, I think the bull's head down in a little Canyon 
probably like a mile and a half or so from camp off a road. So me and your dad jumped in the truck, busted down there. There was two guys sitting like right. It was kind of a little peak that they were just glassing, had no idea the buffalo were in there. Because the buffalo were below them? Yeah, and we thought they knew and were probably watching them. So I went up and said, hey, we've got a guy up. He spotted some. Are you guys, like, going in after him? Have you seen him? They are like, no, we have no idea. Like, They're like, wait, what? <laughs> kind There's of buffalo right there? Yeah, so they had no idea. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going in. So me and your dad dropped off, and Jeff was guiding us the whole time. And we actually ended up hiking up a little ridge too far so jeff was trying to get us back on track finally we figured out where he was talking there's kind of a little draw that he wanted us to hike up because we had cover and they were so hard because the perspective from somebody glassing a ways away yeah and the perspective on the ground oftentimes do not match up yeah and when you're trying to get instructions from them two miles away yeah when things look completely different to you yeah but he did a good job getting us in, finally got on track, and we hiked up, and then me and your dad finally saw the cows, but I hadn't seen the bull yet. So we, I went back in the trees, and the whole time my shoe was untied, so I just thought it's going to be easier to just take my shoes off. I'll be more quiet. Took those off and snuck up through the trees. And Could you see them, or you just knew up ahead in the trees yeah i knew where they were so i knew the cows were over i saw one they were bedded down i could see one of their heads and jeff was telling me the bull was left of them kind of higher and i hadn't seen him yet so i snuck up through the trees and then when i came out i could see just the top of his back and there was a big pile of like dead Dead trees trees, and stuff so i snuck up and sat behind that and just kind of kept peeking over because he was just feeding at the time how far away are you at this time when i ranged him i was like 47 yards so you're super so really close close. and he had no idea we were there the wind was good so i just sat on him for it wasn't too long maybe 15 minutes waiting for him to turn he finally turned and was feeding so he had his head down and i had that the, all that those dead mm. trees and branches in my way so i snuck snuck around the right side of that and got out pulled up ranged him he was perfectly broadside for me head down still had no idea was i was there and i think at that point i was about i think i was still about 46 yards and i had Got those arrows or those broadheads from you before yeah. I left. Yeah. Made that decision. So got on him, sent one that was perfect, went through both lungs. And you could tell right away he was sick, like didn't move much. He actually right away laid down and then stood back up and turned. And I got another shot and it was same like, thing. Almost same hole. Yeah. <laughs> through right the, through the lungs. Through the lungs, both sides. So he kind of, he was really sick at that point, went up, laid under a big juniper tree, and those other, those cows knew something was wrong. So we were, your dad was still behind me, and I just hung out because those cows had moved up, and they came to check him out, see if he was okay, basically, see what was wrong. And they came up and got a little spooked and went back down, but they were still kind of hanging around. 
and so I snuck back around. Well, I'd snuck up a little further to get that second shot, and he was just laying there, but given the previous experience, your and dad... You could and, hear him, like, not breathing so well yeah, and stuff, right? Yeah, he was done. I think he was done after the first one, but given the previous experience, like, Jeff and your dad's, like, shoot him again. So put another one in, shot him. I think I shot him more, like almost in the shoulder and that all that did was make him jump up and there was a little ravine behind him that he ran down and he ended up there was like a big dead tree that he ended up trying to go under and pretty much got stuck but at that point he, he was no he was gone yeah. yeah he just laid down and expired yep gave it up so but it was an amazing experience so crazy that's so awesome. Yeah. Walk up to them. They're such big animals. Like, yeah. I remember walking up to to my cow and being like, holy cow, she's so big. And bulls yeah. are so much bigger than the cows. It's insane. Yeah, the head on them is like <laughs> twice the size. And But, yeah, it was cool. So, got him. Got him out from underneath the dead. So dead. me and your dad waited for Jeff because we actually, both of us left our phones in the car. Both of us, I think, left our headlamps there. It was starting to get dark. I think I shot it and it was probably like 6.30. So we hiked, we actually hiked back out, marked everything, hiked back out to get Jeff bring him back in, came back in, snapped some pictures, and then started breaking him down. We got most of him out that night. Well, no, we didn't. We took what we could that night, but hung, like, the front quarters and stuff in a tree. And then I think we ended up getting back to camp about 12.30, cut some meat up and ate, and actually slept that night. <laughs> Didn't have as much anxiety, so yeah. And then we woke up early, went back down in, and got the rest of him. That's so awesome! Like what an incredible experience. When I was, it's such an awesome place. Yeah, uh, bison are so incredible. They're so awesome. They're such a cool animal. To hunt one with a bow is such an incredible opportunity. Yeah. Like I, I had the opportunity to get mine on the rifle hunt the same time as my dad. We both had tags, which in and of itself was a cool opportunity and a funny story too. But yeah. And that um, was a later hunt. So it was, it was colder. Later, and... It was cold, but to do it with a bow is kind of a dream. Yeah. It was awesome. Like I said, that first stock had my hunt ended there. Obviously I would have been bummed, but having that experience to get that close to a herd and yeah. a big bull like that and just sit on them and watch them was pretty awesome. Yeah. You end up smoking an awesome bull. Yeah. Got to play paintball with one and then <laughs> ended up getting a decent bull. Yeah. Super so awesome. Worked out. So I started doing this thing at the end of every episode. I try to do a would you rather, a couple would you rather questions. Okay. First, would you rather question, would you rather catch like a 30 inch, 10 pound tiger trout or kill a 170 inch buck? 
Oof. It's a big tiger trout. I mean, think of the That'd pictures. That'd be a fighter, too. You'd have an incredible fight, probably for a while. You finally get him in. You just have this 30-inch, like, 10-pound beast, right? And you can be a football. Yeah. You can either take, like, normal photos or you can do, I notice a lot of the fishing, they do, like, almost Taliban photos where they hide their face mm-hmm. to show the fish. Yeah, they don't want to. They don't want to detract from the fish. Yeah. That's the key. They want to be humble. Not me. I just grip and grin. <laughs> Kidding. Um, that's tough, man. Oh, I've caught some big fish, but I haven't yeah, have. killed a 170-inch buck. So what am I killing it with, a bow? Um, yeah. Wrist rocket? <laughs> yes. Addle-addle? A spear. So I'd probably kill the buck with my bow. And then bust out the fly rod and catch the fish. You can only pick one. It's tough, man. I think I would go 170 buck with a bow's pretty Pretty stellar buck. So I think I'd go the buck. A 30-inch, 10-pound tiger trout's also a pretty rarity, isn't it? Yes. But I wouldn't keep it, probably, so... You wouldn't. Yeah, you'd put that back in. Because, yeah. like... Um, I don't understand, and I don't want to offend anybody, but I have a hard time with people who do taxidermy with fish. Because it's not your fish, right? It's just a model, pretty much, of what your fish looks like. Most guys. Jason's got one. He caught a pretty good tiger trout, and the guy actually uses the skin. How? I don't know, but it looked it looks awesome. He's really good at it. And it's the the actual fish's skin. Yeah, You're yeah. Kidding. Me. Jason froze it, took it to him. Somehow he skins it perfectly and gets it done, and it looks really good. But most of them are just yeah, it's like a mold of the fish that they paint. So I don't know. All right. Well, maybe, I guess you get to maybe keep the fish and eat it. I just need to be more educated about it. Well, most of them are like that. I don't think most guys do. I think it's probably super hard. I think the guy's just been doing it a long time. I might regret regret that, but I'm going to go with the buck. Okay. I've gone on a lot of hunts where I didn't get anything, so. <laughs> so it's time to start getting things. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm hoping this year is that year for me. A yeah. year where I actually get things. We have a, quite a few really awesome hunts, so we hopefully do. that happens. But yeah, well, Stoked John, for it. congrats on the buffalo. Thank it's you. It's super sweet, and thanks for coming on. Yeah, you'll be on Anytime. multiple times, so it's uh, just welcome to the Cuttercast, and then you'll be uh, with me on several of them going into the future. But sweet, thank you for having thank me. Thank you. What an awesome story. Thank you, John, for sharing it. And congratulations on a stud bull buffalo or American bison if we want to get technical. I was just thinking how many people get the opportunity to hunt an American bison. And then among those, how many get to do it with a bow and find success? Like it's pretty incredible, incredible experience. Thanks for sharing it. And I'm grateful for the opportunity that I had to be there, even for a little bit of it. 
Now, for those of you who are listening, thank you so much. It means so much to see that you guys are listening and commenting, and we appreciate your positive feedback. Please share it with other people, and if you haven't yet subscribed or followed, if you haven't left a review or a comment, we would be grateful if you did so. But for now, bye.